Welcome. Thank you for being here and listening to She's Dressed for the Narrow Gate. Where we left last episode was in Psalm 23, chapter chapter 23, verse 4. Today, we are going to wrap it up in verses 5 and 6. And I'm looking forward to wrapping it up. And, and interesting enough, just full transparency, I am a multicolor pen and multicolor highlight type gal and how I believed, believed and, and I pray, definitely pray before I'm saying things. And, and honestly, this isn't just about the podcast. This is even in my, my normal everyday life in terms of, Lord, what do you want me to say? Lord, what do you want me to, to do right now? Especially if there's a person who, um, is giving me some pushback or if I'm having some challenge or if somebody comes to me and wants some direction or asks my opinion, et cetera. So this is, this is a regular practice of mine. No different with the podcast in terms of, um, this is, this is what I believe I'm, I want to talk about and how I want to direct and talk about it. And sweetly just, it was, did not go that way. It was just really heavy on my heart to come from a different direction. So I'm excited because it was a great reminder for me of just a, just a humble reminder that this is all about God. And even when we think that life is going to go in some direction, or if you're going to talk through a certain means, it's all about him. So just really waiting on him and seeing what the Lord is going to do in and through your life, as well as just trusting and relying on him and you getting out of the way. So even if my paper looks beautiful, and I know exactly point by point what I'm going to say. It's always from the filter of me who is flawed. So even in the best communicator, even in the most holy person, religious person, if I can say that in your mind, even that person, you know, I've got some greats who I follow as well as people who just speak very greatly into my life. And, and even with that, just this reliance shift in terms of, okay, they're still pulling from who I should first be going to, who is the Lord. So in all of my heart and all of my intention and motives for, for every piece of all that I do, it will still come from this filter of, of still my brokenness and still my, my perspective, which again will be flawed because I'm not perfect. So Anyways, a little bit of a shift for today, but Christmas time, Thanksgiving time. So I've talked about I'm from Michigan and I never remember growing up and trick or treating and stuff. And there was like Christmas lights or Christmas decorations. And every year I'm like, it is literally the middle of October. Why are you putting up Christmas lights? But everybody has a different way of doing things. But I just it we laugh. My husband and I laugh about it. And I swear every year it gets earlier And this year. It was even earlier. And I'm sure COVID probably played a big piece into that. Just, just something helpful to look forward to, right? Just something positive, especially in the midst of all of the mess of the politics that was going on and everything. But I'm excited. My kids are excited. No, I'm going to stick with me. My kids are excited, but I'm going to own this. I'm really excited because my financial advisor husband, y'all, Ladies, my financial advisor husband. I love my husband. I am submitted to my husband. I honor him. And and even though, you know, we definitely have a reciprocal relationship where he'll, you know, ask my opinion. I put my, 
thoughts, et cetera, out there on many different issues. I mean, I'm trying to get better with talking, not talking first and, and praying even internally first, like, okay, Lord, should I say this, et cetera? Should I say it another time? And, um, I have, he knows my sentiments. I have been asking for Christmas lights outside of my house for, we've owned our home for five years now and we're just now getting them. So I'm like, yay, I'm so excited to get some Christmas lights, really. And it's not that we didn't have them and we had decorations and stuff inside a tree. We had decorations outside, but there was something about me not staying in my own driveway and my own yard, looking at everybody else's house and all of their beautiful Christmas lights. So this year he is finally letting me have them. So I'm really excited. He's not letting me do my path lights or the driveway lights because he was like, you will roll over every single one of them, which I probably would. But I mean, nonetheless, it does look good. So I would have tried not to. But uh, I hope you had a good week and, and it was restful and efficient and productive and everything. But let's jump right in. So Going back to the psalm, I'm actually going to read the whole thing, um, Just, in, but we're going to focus on verses five through six. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So this conference that I mentioned this this last week, my church's um, women's conference, just spirit-filled, amazing conference. And I, and I mentioned that I took notes and ended up doing some notes to my notes and themes and such. And I wrote down God's loving kindness. So some translations um, will, ver- like verbiage will change, right? So instead of your version um, may say loving kindness um, in, in terms of a word instead of goodness. So, um, that just, that just sticks out for me because I was like, oh, there's that word. There's that, there's that character piece of God. And it's just, it's ever present cover to cover, truly cover to cover. It is like the emphasized theme of who God is even, even in his punishment, right? So even because it's interesting how he is so patient where there will be, you know, they, God's, you know, wants to be their one and only people turn away from him, go their own way. He punishes them. They, and then they come back and he's gracious and loving and kind. And then it's like, it just replays, replays from literally Adam and Eve, the Israelites. I mean, just, I actually think it's it's quite both scary as well as humbling <laughs> when I read stories, um, just thinking in terms of the Israelites with Moses, how many times Moses is like, okay, God, remember, you don't want to annihilate these people. Like you love them, remember? And so his loving kindness is just so ever present. And, but, but the biggest thing I want to talk about um, beyond just knowing who God is and, and just running after and surrounding yourself 
with him so that you can truly know who he is and and trust who he is. So it's not and that's and that's where that's where religion gets it wrong. You know, being raised in the church and I I think in terms of not really knowing who God really was until my 30s. And that's where religion gets it wrong because it's like, okay, here's these lists of things that you need to do and do them. But who are you doing it to? Again, exactly. It's like you forget why you're doing what you're doing. Why am I checking this box? Why am I going to the 18th Bible study? I'm confused. You know, you just, you have even good motives initially to run after God. And then somewhere it just gets distorted. So there's no like life of overflow. So that's what I'm going to talk about today. Just this, this cup overflowing. So you, you anoint my head, uh, verse five says you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. I want like, where is the party of the cup overflowing? That's what I want. Who would not want that overflow life? Because in my mind, I'm like, oh, I can think of a million things that I want my life to overflow with. Like that is just hashtag goals. So and and just even his grace and his favor, just following you, it says in verse six, all the days of my life. Wow, that just sounds like a protective force just around you at all times. And just doing well in all that you can do. So I want to just talk about that. Just let's be ladies who have just this favor surrounding us and our peace is is ever present and our cup is overflowing and and it overflows. I, I love this this concept because it's it's not just about you. So it's then who are then you impacting? So you're poured into. And then your cup is now overflowing. So then out of your overflow, then who who gets that overflow? Is it just your family? I mean, we are managers of our home. If you're a, a wife, if you're a mother, if you're a, an aunt, a, a daughter, friend, na- you name it. So it is your four walls, so to speak. But then who else is the kingdom truly affected because of your life? Does God truly get glory in your life? But I'll be honest. That's not how I first looked at the cup overflowing. I looked at it like um, so James, James four talks about you have not because you don't ask me. You don't ask me, you don't. And and then and then when you ask. You ask with the wrong motives. So it's like, okay, then that's a check because I'm not even asking for the, I'm not asking. I'm like going after things myself, just like, Lord, I got it. And then when I do start to ask and when I do start to say, well, maybe God will, then my motives are wrong. So it's like, I want the cup runneth over because I want comfort. And I want comfort because I want not only easy. Yes, I do want easy because who would just like want to go through the wilderness in their whole life? So I want easy, but I also just want to trust me. I mean, if, if I'm just like brutally honest, my motives are just truly to protect my own self. So I want this like check the box life versus this life of passion and fervor. And I don't know about you or anywhere in your walk, but have you like ever, again, going back to this religious piece, like just checked so many boxes and then you start to get bored in your time. And then it's like, I really, I love God. I love Jesus. 
I love church. I love like you love all these things, but you just lack passion and you lack just this this substance of just wanting to have this relationship from or with God. So then again, it's just then you just start to slowly shift. It's not like any big major thing in your life that may have happened. So maybe there, maybe your life, your storyline is not one major big loss or one major big issue. It's just these small pullings away month by month, year by year. And then when, when, if, if I mentioned to you, how's your relationship with God? You're like, I go to church or I'm a Christian. I go to church. I read the Bible. I do the, you know, so you, these things that you're doing, but how is your relationship with him? Because that is going to be the, the substance upon which your cup is going to overflow. So that is going to be what you truly can say that you are living a life of peace and joy because your cup can overflow in a desert season. That does not necessarily indicate that your life is without chaos. Like your cup can overflow and should actually overflow even more in those very difficult seasons. Because that's why even in, um, that's why I wanted to read uh, the, the full Psalm. Remember the verse before. So the the verse before the the verse before, excuse me, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Well, why would you want somebody with you that you don't know on that level? Like I'm not calling a person who I talk to every few months who I maybe love. I love them, I care about them, but that's not my like go-to person in trouble. Like I've got about 3 who are like, okay, listen. I've got, I've got other, but the, like my inner circle. And then I have an outer circle who is still a very close group of ladies, but I'm not calling then the circle beyond that. Right. So you want to go through with God knowing that, okay, it is not about what he gives me. It's not about the, the circumstances. And, and here's why though. Because for me, I'll talk about me. I went through a stripping phase and I still feel like sometimes I'm always going through a stripping phase, actually just like, no, we're not going to do this. I mean, and, and honestly, that that's the that's the Bible, though. Right. Because you are going to always be pruned. You should always be pr- be pruned. You should keep growing. Um, so so that's that's biblical. But I mean, a humbling piece, though, is more so what I'm saying. And. I'm thinking of he just continues to shape my desires and he continues to expose me. So if you're spending time with God, I have a question. Just it'll apply. But I have a question. Do you ever ask because this is a new thing like within like like the year, I'll say that I've done that I do now. And I'll never forget when Joyce Meyer had mentioned I was listening to a sermon of hers on her podcast that you should really ask God to shine a light on your heart, maybe not daily, but like weekly. And I was like, huh, well, I'm always spending time with him, but I wasn't really saying like, Hey God, is there something that you really want to burn out of me? Is there, is there an issue of my heart? Because remember Jeremiah says our hearts are wicked as much as we are quote unquote good. We believe we're good. We're really not. So is there an issue that you really are just not pleased with? Is, am am I being jealous? Am I being unloving? Am I, do I have strife? Do I have, um, 
just any hatred or unforgiveness in my heart. And I tell you what, if you ask him that question, he is not without an answer. And to the point where I'm like, okay, can I maybe just take two for this week instead of you just like going in on me? And, and then the next week I'm like, I'm still working on these two that you gave me, but it's like, I don't, I don't know if you can relate to a point where you ever got to a place where you feel broken. And again, maybe your life is without any major loss or or an issue. But until I really started going deeper with God instead of surface playing with him, I never really remember feeling broken, right? I was never broken for the things that that he cares about or just even my heart, how he's just really saddened probably in how I look internally. And how I could go deeper and how he can do greater things and I can walk, walk in my purpose and in his purpose for my life more so. But I'm not willing. I'm, I just want to be comfortable. I just I just want to, you know, I just want to look like I'm doing religion, doing doing God, but I'm really not. I just I just want comfort. I don't want to really go deeper. So he just really starts to expose my motives. And what he and, and as I banana peeled most of them away, he was really exposing my hurts and how I have clumped God within my hurts, my loss, my upbringing losses, just in terms of my strained relationship, um, like with my dad or, or disappointments with my mom, um, and just failure, failed plans, just my own, like disappointed in myself (laughs) for all of my choices. So many regrets, like, Lord, how, how could you let me have decided to go to this college, et cetera, like that level of just disappointment, friendships, people I have, you know, loved and and grew up with, but just, just relationships have gone their, their own way. And, And not for any particular bad reason, but just grown apart and, and just failure in that way. And then just lost in, in my, in my, relationships with with guys that I used to date and then um my now husband uh we've known each other for for 20 years now and it was not peaches and roses most of the time and just I just clumped him in you know I can't really rely on God I guess I'm really disappointed in him I guess I really stopped believing somewhere again it's not for for me it was some major things but I also think it's just that slow unwinding, that slow just moving away from God, moving away from God, moving away from God. And then I just start trusting in me. And I didn't guess I just stopped really believing in this new thing that he wanted to do or his great plans for my life and and how he is going to just overflow into my life. And then my life is overflowing. I guess I stopped really believing that. I, I didn't even know that I really stopped believing it. But when I think of like Lamentations 3, it's like his, you know, his his mercies are new. And, and I just, I didn't really honestly believe it. It's like I believe, but not for me. I believe it maybe for other people. Have you ever found that where like you truly believe things, but for other people <laughs> and not for yourself? That's how I guess I, I started to just my slow, di- my slow shift from this overflow life, this this life of goodness and mercy shall follow me, his loving kindness surrounding me, is I just started to just slowly let go of him. And I just, and I don't know about you, but then I just started seeking help from myself. 
And and I just had God in a distance, you know, arms, uh, an arms yardstick away where I can get to him if I needed to, you know, talk to him when I needed to. And of course, this whole time I'm going to church. Please believe I'm still going to church. I'm still looking outwardly, looking like I'm fine. But inwardly, I'm just like seeking help from myself and relying for myself and relying on on on. I had my idols. My marriage was an idol. My kids were an idol. My plan was an idol. My independence was an idol. Idols is not just this gold, you know, calf sitting in the middle of your living way, living room. It's 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 it can be a, just even a thought pattern, a thought, a, a way of your thinking. And um, I, I think about I, I go back to earlier episodes, how I talked about the I was reading in Second Chronicles. And it's just so good because the lives of these kings is like, they're good, then they're bad, then they're good, then they're bad. It's like up, down, up, down. And the life of King Asa, for instance, I talked about the life of King Jehoshaphat and his, but his father before him, King Asa was just a really great example of this. Uh, It's in second, his story is found in second Chronicles 14 is when he comes into the scene. But, um, he started off on fire. Like he was purifying the kingdom. His fervor was just felt. He loved the Lord. He destroyed all these idol worshiping, like just changing people's hearts, the kingdom's hearts, his own, etc. He just was, and, 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 and also in that chapter, he just, he's like, you know, Lord, we rely on you. He, so he's going to God for wisdom in terms of wars being fought. And y'all for 35 years, like literally 30, I think about that. I'm like, that's almost my whole life. For 35 years, he had rest from every side. Chapter 15 talks about that. I mean, he was so on fire for God at first. <laughs> well, not even at first, that was a long time, 35 years. But his mother even lost her title. She was no longer queen mother. Chapter 15 talks about he was like, Mm-mm, you're 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 with idols. You're, you're done. So he was on fire. And then I think about scripture doesn't talk about it. But in my mind, this is the conversation I had, like what happened to cause his shift from year 35 to year 36? Because it's like, was it a major trauma or was it just finally this slow slipping away from God because he had peace? He had prosperity. He had fame. The kingdom was at rest. I mean, it was great things. He was doing good. He was, I'm sure he was comfortable. I mean, you haven't fought a war in 35 years. So I I wonder if it's just that slow slipping away or if there was something major, just my digression, but it's just this misguided reliance. And by chapter 16, um, specifically in verses um, seven, seven through nine, um, he was like, just let me just read it. But um, chapter 16, verse seven through nine. So the seer came to see him um, that had a word for him because King Asa had relied on um, the king of Syria to kind of help him with this battle that he was in. So <clears throat> here um, God sends uh, Hanani. Um, so starting in verse seven, at that time, Hanani, the seer came to Asa, king of Judah and said to him, because you relied on the king of Aram, and not on the Lord your God. The army of the king of Aram has escaped from your hand. Were not the Cushites and the Libyans a mighty army with great, great numbers of chariots and horsemen? Yet when you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. 
You have done a foolish thing. And from now on, you will be at war. So it's like, God, I love that verse, um, that chapter, that that chapter, as well as that verse, because it's just like a, a slap reminder of like, oh, let me let me make sure I am always doing this heart check with myself and making sure, hey, who am I relying on? And, and do I have this misguided reliance? And this is just, you know, when you read the Bible, it's just, it honestly is a, is a constant theme. Again, I talked before just about the Israelites, but it's like everywhere. It's like from the history of time all the way up to this present day. It's like, it's like uh, just a reliance on God and then a slipping away from God, a reliance on God, a slipping away from God. And I don't want us ladies to just have these lives of illusion of overflow, especially in the days of social media. Like, let's not just have the illusion of that you're doing good just because of one photo snap or one video clip or one boomerang that you're doing well. But inwardly, are you really shining this light on your heart? And, and, and is your cup truly overflowing no matter the season? No matter the season, like what is your life? What is the the substance of your life? Who is the substance of your life? Because, you know, a life of assurance and in this overflow, it's it's not from our own abilities. That's why even as we rely on ourselves, that's why then I don't know about you, but if you may struggle with anxiety and just measuring up and pressure and just fear and you know, if you talk to somebody for just five minutes, you can all the way just hear with like the weight of their heart. Just five minutes, you can really hear it. it just boom. And I'm guilty of this where I'm be like, I'm fine and start off good. And then it'll be like, I'm worried about my kids. I'm worried about, you know, nowadays I'm worried about COVID. I'm worried about, but then I'll be like, but I have faith. So it's like, mm, it's like I cancel them out, you know, but this life of insurance and, and optimism is not in our ability. It's in God. It's, it's, it should be from God. Our peace is from God. And, and we're rooted in that. Like that should be our root. So that then when life blows, no matter what comes your way, you're, you're rooted. And, and then to me through that root, then you have that, again, going back to that concept of, of this sap that's then flowing into your life. And you have this life when, when you look on it or anybody else looks on it, it's like, I just don't know how I have peace right now. It makes no sense. No sense. I think about how Paul writes and that just, you know, God, he will confound, he will confuse the wise why is he using the foolish things? Why is he using the, the, the seasons that you literally should have been taken out? And when you look back over your life, it's like, wow. So I, where I want to leave it, just again, um, we'll press into it in another episode because it's just such a weighty chapter. But in, in, in Isaiah 30, just again, back on this point of don't go down to, to our version of Egypt, <laughs> is is in Isaiah 30, um, starting in, in verse one. Woe to the obstinate children, declares the Lord, to those who carry out plans that are not mine, forming an alliance, but not by my spirit, heaping sin upon sin, who go down to Egypt without consulting me, who look for help to Pharaoh's protection, to Egypt's shade for refuge. 
But Pharaoh's protection will be to your shame. Egypt's shade will bring you disgrace. Though they have officials in, in zone and their envoys have arrived in Haines, everyone will be put to shame because of a people useless to them who bring neither help nor advantage, but only shame and disgrace. So we don't want to be those people that are, again, having this illusion of, of security. But where did you get that security from? Where, where is your help coming from? Are you looking to Egypt? Are you looking to every physician? Are you looking to your best friend? Are you looking to, is it your counselor? And you should be getting counseling. I, I strongly believe in counseling. Preventative more than anything. Um, relationships. You definitely need to do life in community. Your best friend, your, your family, your um, life group. We have a life group that we're really close with. Ladies um, just doing life and walking through life with them. So all of those are fine and great. But who do you rely on? Ultimately, it must come from God. It cannot come from your own knowledge. It cannot come from any letter behind your name. It can, it cannot come from even the greatest message that you may hear, but how is the Holy Spirit guiding you and what is he guiding you to? So where I'm going to leave it is just this question. I just, I want to challenge you and encourage you again this week to in your quiet time with the Lord, start asking yourself that question, asking God that question and saying, God, how is my heart? not walking in full alignment with you. In what way? Please show me because he will. How am I not relying in you? And then just for you to kind of start looking at, am I, is this a delusion? Do I really have real peace? Is my cup really overflowing? Or am I just checking boxes? Uh, ladies, uh, thank you so much for listening. I, I pray that that message has um, blessed you and encouraged you. And we will talk again. Have a great week.